before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and I am so grateful to spend a few minutes with you today. Now, before we dive into this episode, you know, girl, I want to share a quote with you. And this was one that is especially poignant for me. It says, I've always been a big believer in paying it forward. And I feel that if you're lucky enough to be successful, you have a responsibility to give back. And those words come to us from Lori Grenier, entrepreneur and judge on Shark Tank. I love, I love Lori Grenier. And boy, oh boy, you know, I always talk about paying it forward and how I feel like it is so rewarding to pay it forward. And if we open our eyes to look for opportunities to pay it forward, we find them much more easily. So Lori I couldn't agree more. All right. Let me tell you, my friend, if you are the kind of investor who's always on the lookout for killer deals, this episode is going to be an especially fun one. Wholesalers are sometimes the unsung heroes of the real estate game, especially when you're trying to find those great deals. And today I'm sitting down with my special guest, Jenny Vega, to talk with her about working with wholesalers. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Jenny. So today we are joined by Jenny Vega. And gosh, Jenny, I am so excited about having the opportunity to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So First, let's start off and just have you share a little bit about who you are and where you're located. Yeah, so I am from Wisconsin, but I live in Phoenix. I've lived here for many years and I currently own, I did own eight short-term rentals or I would have owned eight short-term rentals, but I recently sold one and I will soon own seven. I'm about to launch another one. So I guess, I guess you could say if I hadn't sold one, I would have soon owned eight, but I will soon own seven when this next one in Tulsa, Oklahoma launches in a couple of weeks. Awesome. So how did you get into short-term rentals to begin with? So I work with realtors. I've worked with realtors for over a decade and I sell Cutco closing gifts to them. And I actually uh, had a friend in that arena give me a book back in 2019 One of my clients gave me a book that he had written uh, with another gal. So Steve Chater and Janice Doty wrote a book called Hold, and it's a national bestseller. And it's a very simple book on real estate investing. It doesn't really mention short-term rentals. The premise is 
that if you just bought long-term rentals, and even if they were to cash flow two to $300 a month, how after appreciation, after the tax benefits, and just basic things like that, how on average they would cash on cash return anywhere from 15 to 30% just depends on how much you put down and some other factors. And so I read that book in 2019 and I was really happy while I read the book and I was really excited and motivated to get started. But I was also a little bit disappointed that after working at that point in time, almost a decade with real estate agents, I was surprised and disappointed that no realtors had told me about real estate investing because a typical week for me at that point in time involved about 10 to 20 coffee dates or visits with real estate agents while I sold I sold them closing gifts. So I was just very baffled that I didn't know about real estate investing because I really wished that someone would have told me about this several years earlier or I could have gotten started uh, back in 2010, 2011, when home prices, especially in Phoenix, were a lot less than they were by the time, you know, 2019, home prices had jumped quite a bit in Phoenix. So we actually started with uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because that's where I'm from. And home prices there are much less than they are in Phoenix. So we felt more comfortable with the prices. And we didn't know that first house would become a short-term rental until right when we were closing. We were going to long-term rent it, but then because we were avid Airbnb customers ourselves, right during the closing uh, process, we decided last minute, why don't we just try this as a short-term rental, even though the neighborhood was not uh, what you typically would expect to be short-term rental friendly. It was a, a C plus B minus neighborhood just about you know five minutes away from some not so great um, parts of the city. Um, but we just went ahead and moved forward and we decided to short-term rent that first um, house that we purchased at the very end of 2019. So that's how we got started with short-term rentals. Wow. And fast forward just a few years and now we've got a budding portfolio on your hands. I love it. I, I also want to say this because I am a realtor, so I'm allowed to say this about realtors, but I feel like in general, and obviously this does not apply to everyone, but in general, I feel like there is a very big opportunity for real estate agents to be better partners to their clients by learning about real estate investing, understanding the best practices and the fundamentals of real estate investing, because when they understand it, they can be a better resource to their clients and open up a whole new world of client potential clients, right? By working with investors. Would you say the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we decided we would only work with a realtor in Milwaukee that was an investor. So we got on the bigger pockets forum and we found a realtor that was obviously an investor. And I remember just flying up there and meeting with him and just how valuable it was to work with him. And he really helped break down terms that we weren't even familiar with as brand new investors, you know, break down the numbers with us and what was a good buy and what was not a good buy. 
And, you know, just that, that knowledge, which was so valuable to, to have and just to educate us. And that was a great experience working with him. And just, I think that's just so important just for realtors to know just a couple of basic things uh, to really help their investor clients. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you just so happen to be a real estate agent, if you don't have any knowledge or education on real estate investing, not not hosting or being a short-term rental owner, but I'm talking about true real estate investing. If you don't have that knowledge, I would encourage you to get connected with someone who can teach it to you uh, because it can be a game changer on many levels. Jenny, okay, I want to ask you about your, your journey right now. And so I want to talk with you about wholesaling because you had shared with me recently that you actually have purchased a couple of homes from wholesalers. And I want to have that discussion with you and and kind of peel back some of those layers. But for anyone who's listening who isn't familiar with what a wholesaler is, how would you describe that? A wholesaler's job is simply to connect a home that has room for improved value, improved updates to a buyer. And our first experience with a wholesale property was last January when a good friend of mine, who's another uh, real estate investor, short-term rental investor, very active in your group, Stacey, uh, called me up and said, hey, Jenny, I'm on a wholesaler's buyer list in Panama City Beach, Florida, and I just came across a really good deal, and I'm not looking to buy myself, but I think you should do this. Um, Because at that time, we were open to the Panama City Beach, Florida market. And so this particular home was only $290,000, and it had an after-repair value of over $400,000, and it only needed a very light renovation. So the way that wholesalers work, and by the way, in most states, you don't have to be a licensed real estate agent to be a wholesaler. There are a couple states, I believe it's between five and 10 states across the country that you have to have your real estate license. A wholesaler, their job is, it's simple. Their job is to work with real estate investors. Most of their clients are fix and flippers, but not all, a small majority of of their clients are investors that do short-term rentals or buy and hold real estate. So their job is simply to find distressed properties. And that could be properties that need a light rehab. I mean, paint, carpet, anywhere from properties that were in a fire and need almost a complete teardown. So the level of distress really varies. And their job is simply to match up a home with this situation or this level of repair to a buyer. So they're really like a finder and then they get a finder fee for doing this. And so this was my first experience with a wholesaler and there's good and bad wholesalers, just like there's good and bad real estate agents. But we had a great experience with this wholesaler. So we bought the home for $290,000 And we only had to put about $30,000 into the home. We actually just sold this this house about a month ago, and we were able to sell it for $430,000. You go, girl! That's awesome! Yes, 
Yeah. That is awesome. Are you a business owner or manager aiming to scale your property portfolio? Well, we have got something exciting for you. Our friends over at Hostfully put together this brand new free ebook on that very topic. Hostfully is the go-to software that managers and business owners use to run their operations. So what does this have to do with your growth? Well, Hostfully sees how some of the fastest growing short-term rental operators succeed and over the last year have been compiling and distilling these strategies into actionable insights that anyone can implement. So whether you're currently managing a single property or a few, and if you want to scale, Hostfully's free ebook is tailored to your journey. I can't believe they lay it all out like this. Honestly, this is a resource I wish I would have had when I started my STR journey a few years back. So if you're ready to take your property management game to the next level, head over to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood and download their ebook today. It is totally free. And on top of that, they're offering STR Sisterhood listeners a sweet deal on some of their software to help supercharge your growth. Don't miss out, my friends. Get the ebook and nab the deal while it's live by going to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood. So I'm curious, did you use that property as a short-term rental between the time that you fixed it up and sold it? We did. And we, we did not go into that property intending to sell it. We just found out for us that the Florida beach market was really not for us. We really like to be in the Midwest and we love to be in the mountains. Um, And we actually did, we did well. I mean, we, we had it live from, I believe, March through July but it just we're very far from Florida. If we live closer, we would have kept it because we could have, you know, also enjoyed it more personally. But 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 because we bought it as a wholesale and not at retail, we were able to also make it work to sell it uh, where the numbers worked out, where it was more advantageous to sell it as well. Um, so that was a benefit to us. We were able to realize, you know, this Florida market isn't really a fit for us. And we could actually sell and put those dollars to use elsewhere. So that was, uh, yeah, and the wholesaler was great. And we're still in touch this day. And actually, we're able to partner together. And now I am uh, very fortunate to have a lot of Florida um, contacts and other investors that want to invest in Florida. So I'm actually partnering with uh, that wholesaler. He's my Florida partner. <laughs> so, cause he has great ethics and uh, was just a great experience working with him. So, so it's just funny where things take you, where relationships take you in this, in this business. You never know. Amen, Amen to that. Amen yes. to that. <laughs> so it's interesting to have this discussion because I think a lot of folks enter the short-term rental space and Perhaps they have some formalized training in real estate investing, but I do feel like a lot of the folks that I come across have entered into the short-term rental space because they've heard so many great things about having a short-term rental property, but they are not as experienced with real estate investing 
at its core. And I think anyone who has real estate investing experience has worked I'm, I'm, maybe I shouldn't say anyone, but a lot of folks who have real estate investing experience have worked with wholesalers. And I know I personally have worked with wholesalers. I've actually wholesaled properties myself, but I want to say this and I want to say this with love and compassion, but there are some wholesalers that I have come across in my day where they have not operated what I would call a best in class business. They have oftentimes, I think wholesalers do have not so great of a reputation because some of them do things that I would say are shady. And so from your perspective, working with a wholesaler that does have ethics and, you know, does operate in a best in class manner what would you say are important characteristics to look for in a wholesaler? What's a, what questions should someone be asking them? So yes, I, I and I have found that to be true as well. My second experience wasn't so great. And wholesaling isn't regulated because you don't have to have a license. You will run into that. And I think a great question to ask them, first of all, is, for referrals. If they're brand new, they're not going to have referrals. But if they are brand new, ask for referrals of their mentor because most brand new wholesalers, hopefully the brand new wholesalers are doing their first three to five transactions with a mentor as I am. So asking for referrals and getting those, those people on the phone. And this is something that we should all be doing with our um, contractors that we're hiring um, with our short-term rentals and everyone that we're working with is get on the phone with those referrals. Be mindful of uh, anything that you feel if they're not if they're not giving you full transparency. For some reason, there's a lot of wholesalers that don't want to say they are a wholesaler, and part of that is just because of the somewhat you know negative uh, stigma around that. But we're just saying up front, you know, when we talk to people on the phone, you know, we're wholesalers. And just last week, I was at a realtor networking group uh, for my my closing gift business. And I, I walked up to a realtor friend and she's like, oh, what are you doing these days? And I said, I'm, I'm a wholesaler. And she goes, oh, Jenny, you shouldn't just tell your realtor friends that. She goes, keep telling them about your, your Cutco business, but you should just not tell them that. Realtors don't like wholesalers. And I said, I'm going to tell, tell them what I'm doing, but they're just going to have to trust that I'm different than the rest. And you know, and, and so we're actually, we're calling our wholesale business honesthouses.com. <laughs> That's the name of our website. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, and we're just, people are just going to have to, you know, they'll, by working with us, they'll see that we're different. But yeah, so tra transparency is huge. And that's, that's the biggest the biggest thing that's the main the main complaint and also cancel uh, canceling on contracts so if you're about to work with a wholesaler ask them if they've ever canceled on one of their contracts and if they have why and how often and even our mentor we have two mentors actually and they're both just fantastic we paid big bucks to buy two training programs with just fantastic uh, mentors and one of our mentors, he was just saying the other day, he has had to cancel a few contracts, but there were like good reasons why. So find out, you know, 
Um, are they transparent with who they are? And have they had to ever cancel a, um, a contract? And what was the reason? Those are the two main questions. And referrals. Talk to their talk to people that have dealt with them. And yeah. look up their Google reviews, of course, things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I was actually, this was probably several years ago at this point, but I was actually looking to purchase a home and I found a property that was quote for sale by owner. And I called about it. It was on Zillow. And it was very obvious that this gentleman, well, I shouldn't, I'm not going to even call him a gentleman. Okay. It was very obvious that this person was wholesaling the property, meaning he had the property under contract. He was looking to assign the contract. And when I started asking him details, it was very obvious to me that the property owner had no idea what was going on, that the property owner had no idea that he was looking to assign this contract. And I'm sure that he didn't like me by the end of that conversation because I was very calm and kind, but I shared with him that, you know, honesty and transparency is paramount. And if you are building your business on a house of cards, you are not going to have a business in the future because it is not sustainable. I'm sure he hung up the phone with me and, you know, broke out his little Stacy voodoo doll or cussed me (laughs) into the other room. But, and, you know, again, I just think it's so important when you are working with wholesalers, be sure to ask, is the seller aware that you are wholesaling this property and how does the seller feel about this? I had another experience and it was actually, it turned out to be a positive experience where we were looking to pick up a property. We were uh, picking it up from a wholesaler. The property owner knew that the, you know, the wholesaler was indeed assigning the contract to us, but I had requested to have a property inspection done. And that isn't necessarily customary when you are buying a property from a wholesaler, but I wanted to be able to confirm my numbers, right? I had a hypothesis of a budget and expected based on the fact that it was promoted as a light rehab or a cosmetic rehab. I had assigned my numbers, but I thought, you know what? I really want to check and make sure that I'm not missing anything. Well, turns out there were major issues with this home from structural issues to issues with the roof. And I mean, my numbers weren't a little bit off. They were way off, right? I'm going to shortcut the conversation and just say that when I called the wholesaler back initially, they had like a lead acquisition rep who was my main point of contact. And she was like, oh, there's, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. And I said, actually, I need to speak with your owner, the the company owner. And he ended up allowing me to release the contract because he and I had a very candid conversation about if you're going to, if you're going to put a property under contract and you're going to advertise it as a cosmetic rehab, you have to be sure that it is indeed a cosmetic rehab. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I'm just going off on a little tangent here, but I think wholesalers bring such a great opportunity 
to real estate investors, to your point, Jenny, because you can pick up properties for tremendously less than, you know, market value. But I also think it's really important as we are looking at working with wholesalers that we are working with people in situations that have the greatest of intentions and transparent business practices. Exactly. I had something similar happen to me too about six months ago. We uh, were on someone's text list here in Phoenix who um, is very active in the space. I get to a property and a property is presented as only needing $40,000 of rehab. And I get there with one of my real estate contacts and um, she's very savvy and what things cost and everything. And she goes, oh my gosh, no, this is at least a $100,000 repair. And so when you are working with a wholesaler and they tell you what the ARV, the after repair value is, or what the estimated repairs are, do not just take that and say, oh, okay. And believe that, you know, before you commit to buying it, have a contractor go there with you and give you his bid. Because most of the time, unfortunately, those numbers don't really hold a lot of weight. I had another experience just a couple of weeks ago where I have a friend from California that wants to buy an investment home here. And we we went to, uh, to a wholesale property together. But by the time I compared that to what she could have gotten just on market, you know, like a, a renovated home, she's she's better off in this case buying a renovated home. Uh, that actually would cost her less than what this particular wholesale property is. So you just have to really, uh, there are really great wholesale deals out there. And sometimes you might go to a particular wholesale deal and you might, you might be better off buying something from, you know, realtor.com. That is that, uh, you know, this, we saw a a renovated home on realtor.com for $20,000 less in the same neighborhood and this other home, she would have had to spend minimum 50 grand to renovate it. And who, who knows what other surprises there, there are. You really have to definitely, I, I say, look, look into with the possibilities, but you just really have to also do your own research. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I'm curious from your perspective, when you're looking at buying a property from a wholesaler, what types of information or pieces of information do you feel like it's important for a buyer to have? The first thing that comes to my mind is what is the assignment fee, right? And what, or what is at least that's what we call it here in Ohio. But typically when you're buying from a wholesaler, you are buying the contract. You are not buying the property. You are buying the contract. And that wholesaler is assigning the contract to you. Beyond understanding what that fee is for assigning that contract, what other pieces of information do you feel like it's important to understand as a buyer? Well, first of all, so with the assignment fee, I will say that we paid huge assignment fees. Like we paid $40,000 for each of our homes. And it's interesting now being on this other side as a wholesaler, those are, those are astronomical with both of the training programs that we're in the average assignment fee that that we are told is $10,000 that students in our communities make. Now, that doesn't mean that we were ripped off because we still got 
amazing deals on both of our homes. The second home is our upcoming Tulsa one, which we're going to go live in a few weeks. And even on that home, we just got our appraisal back a couple of days ago. And that, that house all in, we're all in it before furniture, of course, we're all in it for 220,000, but that appraised for 270,000. So we, girl. we ended up getting, you know, screaming deals on both of these homes with $40,000 assignment fees. So all that means is that in both situation, both situations, the wholesalers got the sellers to pay them very little for the house. So that's what that means. Now, if the assignment fee is only $5,000 or $10,000, that doesn't necessarily mean versus $40,000. That could that could just mean that the seller there's on the seller side, it was a different scenario. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's a better or a worse deal for you. All that we really comes down to is what the house is going to appraise for. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a hundred thousand dollar gap in the appraisal to what you pay for it, that's amazing, you know, and the assignment fee could even be a hundred thousand dollars. But if, if you get a screaming deal on the house at the end of the day, you know, the assignment fee is, is yeah. what it is now. Um, um, let me jump so, in really quick. So sorry to interrupt you, but I think that this is a really important point to discuss because people can get caught up on assignment fees and think, oh, that person is just charging too much. And I think that this is a really good example of why it's so critically important to make data-driven decisions when we are investing in real estate. When we make data-driven decisions and whether or not your assignment fee is 40,000 or 30,000, whatever it is, the numbers have to work. And if the numbers work, with a $40,000 assignment fee, and that's what the wholesaler is charging, so be it. If the numbers don't work, even if the wholesaler is charging $5,000, if the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work, right? And so I think, again, what you just pointed out is so important for our listeners to understand that it is absolutely essential to be running numbers and understanding from a data perspective, is this a good real estate investment? I just wanted to point that out. Yes. And also now being on, on the other side of it, it is very expensive to, to find these houses. You know, one way that wholesalers find houses, one way is through realtor relationships. And obviously there's not necessarily a cost to this, but another way a way that I know my new partner in Florida, how he finds these homes is he spends thousands of dollars a month on marketing. It's very expensive. You know, there's a lot of different ways wholesalers find homes, but it could be it could be five, five to fifteen thousand dollars just to acquire one home by the time he's paid for all the marketing. So other things to look for, really, it's not that much different and how you would find a, a norm, a, any other house, you know, it's having a contractor or preferably if you can, an inspector, that's even better. Sometimes you'll be able to have an inspector. Other times you won't um, have an inspector, at least a contractor walk that property with you. Get comps for the neighborhood. If you have a great relationship with a realtor, send your realtor friend a, a gift or you know, whatever you have to do to ask them to to pull comps. 
if you are flipping the home, you know, you're probably going to already have a realtor relationship lined up who's going to flip it for you. So that's huge. Just kind of know like what values are in the neighborhood. So it's very similar to any other, you know, any other home that you will buy. Also adding 20% to what, whatever you think is going to cost to renovate, you know, add 20% more to that because it's always going to cost you more than you think. Kind of like when you furnish your short-term rental, it's always <laughs> going to cost you more, right? <laughs> it's no different than when you renovate something. It's the same, it's the same principle. So just be prepared so that you're not disappointed later. Absolutely. The other thing that comes to my mind too, and I'm curious if you have seen this with the properties you've purchased is who is paying the seller's closing costs? I've seen that quite a bit, at least in Ohio, where wholesalers will say to the seller, hey, I'm going to actually find an end buyer for your property, but they are going to pay the closing costs. In your area of the country, is that customary as well, or do they do something different? So asking if the wholesaler pays the closing costs? No, if the buyer pays the closing costs. So again, as the buyer, yeah. I've seen it oftentimes where the buyer is paying the seller's closing costs in a wholesale situation. Is that customary? Yes, with the, that, yeah. is pretty, that is pretty typical, yes. Yeah. So again, I think it's just also important for people to know that, that when you are running your numbers, you need to be sure to, assuming that that's the case, you need to be sure to add in the seller's closing costs into your budget. Yes. Before. Yep. 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 Okay. So I'm sure that this is going to be a question that is in people's mind. If they've never worked with a wholesaler, they are going to be thinking, well, where on earth do I find these people? So yeah. Jenny, I'm curious from your perspective, what would you say are the best places to find wholesalers? Facebook, definitely investment groups. Every city has one. There's also investing networking groups. But yeah, so Facebook, you know, whatever city you're in, just go on there and, and put put in like your city and real estate investing, your city wholesale groups. There's tons of them out there. You can probably even Google wholesale, you know, wholesale groups in your city, wholesale companies in your city and find plenty of them. Or some realtors are connected. And it's been interesting for me um, just because I my day-to-day -day job is working with, I work with hundreds of realtor, realtors. And the last few weeks I've been you know, calling my best realtors, just kind of asking them, you know, do you work with wholesalers? And I'm finding that about uh, maybe 10% of realtors actively work with wholesalers. And some realtors really don't have a good perception of wholesalers. Some realtors are like, oh yeah, I work with them all the time. I've got, you know, um, a lot of realtors are on wholesalers email lists already. So you could even, you know, whatever realtors that you know, just ask them whose email list they're on um, already. And that could be another way to find wholesalers. Yeah. A couple of other things that also cross my mind. Number one, if there's a local real estate investor association, that can be mm -hmm. a tremendous way to find wholesalers. I know I'm very much a proud member of my local 
you know, Real Estate Investors Association. I I know a lot of different wholesalers because of being a member of that. I would also make a slight suggestion that as you work to get on wholesalers' email lists, and that is, again, how wholesalers typically share share their deals. They were, easy for me to say, they will send an email blast to their list. Hey, I've got this property under contract, or sometimes I'll get text messages from wholesalers. You might, as you are starting to get on multiple wholesalers lists, create a separate email address for your real estate deals. Because if you've got your real estate deals coming to the same personal email or business email that you're running the rest of your life under, it could potentially get really bogged down really quickly. Any other suggestions along those lines, Jenny, that you feel like may be important for for our listeners to know about? Um, That is a great suggestion. Yeah. Some wholesalers will literally like they will blow you up every day. It it just gets so overwhelming. I'm so I'm actually one of my, the trainings I I got involved with. There's four thousand wholesalers in there. So uh, feel free to also reach out to me as well. And my email is Jenny at Honest slash Houses dot com. So it's actually uh, it is like a hyphen in the middle of, yeah. So it's like a honest hyphen houses, uh, houses.com. I don't know if there's a way to, maybe we can type that out somewhere. But, oh yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. And it's J-E-N-N-I. J-E-N-N-I, yes. Yeah. So we seem to have a lot of Florida activity for whatever reason, but we've got people in my group from all over the country. And it's, and I think it's really important who, you know, who, who is training the, some wholesalers just kind of learn on their own, but there's also some really great trainers out there. So mm-hmm. we train under uh, Jamil Damji, and then I'm also training under Ryan Zolan. So both are just super ethical, you know, ethical guys do really, really good job. So, but I did have a, a pretty bad experience with my Tulsa house. I just remember that wholesaler was, didn't really care about the relationship with me. He, he was really more on, you know, like what the seller thought. And I remember at one point I even said to him, I said, you know, how many more houses does the seller have to sell you? The seller was, I think in his eighties. And, you know, I said, look, I I said, if things go well, I could potentially buy several houses from you a year. And just a lot of things were just obvious. He just didn't really value our relationship, you know, and so unfortunately, there is a lot of that. I think the difference too between between realtors and wholesalers, realtors, when you become a realtor, you also are typically a member of the National Association of Realtors and you ha- you are up, uphold to a standard of ethics mm-hmm. and that just comes with being a realtor. So with wholesaling as of right now, wholesalers are not required to be held to that. Eventually every state is probably going to require wholesalers to have their real estate license. That probably is coming down the pipeline. But as of right now, it's, it's kind of like the wild west. That's why you do have to, you do have to really do more due diligence on your wholesaler than you do a realtor in, in 2023 as of right now. So, yeah. And so again, just to repeat, 
if you were potentially talking with a wholesaler, you would be asking them, you know, obviously before you bought any property from them, you know, who have you trained under? Give me some references, please, where I can call. Would you ask for references both on the buyer and seller side? Oh, yes, yes. That's a good good idea, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm curious too, is there anything that you feel like a wholesaler should know about you as a buyer? So yes. what does that relationship building look like from your side? Yeah. So a wholesaler should know what, like what the maximum is that you want to spend, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what your renovation, you know, do you, are you okay with like a full teardown? Do you just want to stick to cosmetics only? How many properties do you want to acquire? Are you, um, do you just want to do Airbnb? Are you also, uh, you know, what pad splits right now are super, co-living is like super popular. Are you considering that? You know, if you are, we want to look into uh, like a, a, ideally like a four to seven bedroom property, you know, are you thinking about like long-term renting too? So are you buy and hold investor? Are you a fix and flip investor? Really just they want to like nurture the relationship, you know, obviously where are you looking, you know, what part of town, you know, where in the area are you looking? They might ask you for proof that you've done deals before. They might not. They should at least ask you about what deals you've done in the past. They they might ask you if you need a referral to a hard money lender. That is something just people should be aware. You do have to, uh, for these homes, you have to pay cash or go through a hard money lender and then you can refinance later. So if they're really trying to serve you really well, they should be trying to help you make sure you have you have assistance with that. Or if you're a first time, this is your first um, wholesale deal, you, you might need more assistance with that. You might need more connections to the right hard money lender. They shouldn't just be, especially if this is your first time, they shouldn't just be like, give me your info, you know, and they, they should be more like a really grooming that relationship with you. That's a really, really good point. Really yeah. good point. Lots of good nuggets there. Jenny, this is exciting. I want to move to the lightning round. Okay. Now, with the lightning round, I'm here to say, I'm going to ask you to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. And I promise you the questions won't be too terribly difficult. The first okay. question <laughs> is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Japan. Ooh. Yeah. How many times have you been? Three. <gasps> now I need to know, like, what took you to Japan and how have you been back three times? Well, my brother was in the Navy there and he's like a real traveler. And he just said, you have to go, you have to go best place in the world. And now my whole family has been, and it's just no other place in the world like it. Just whatever you want, it will give it. It will give you whatever you want, whether it's scenery, mountain, city, uh, really unique things that no other place has. <laughs> that is so amazing. Yeah. Tracy Northcott is going to be so excited to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? South Africa. Oh, okay. So two of my team members actually live in South Africa. And so first of all, 
they have the most amazing accents. Okay. I love, love, love <laughs> listening to them talk, but it's so mind boggling to me that, you know, they go on safari like twice a year. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. what is it about South, South Africa that interests you most? The, the scenery and just hearing that Cape Town is like most, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Absolutely. All right. What's one thing that you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in the world of short-term rentals? To actually verify, uh, vet your contractor and call and get referrals before you hire them and mm -hmm. only work with licensed contractors. I had to completely redo everything in one of my short-term rentals and it was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That, I bet that was a hard lesson. It was, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. What about in the world of wholesaling? What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you started out either buying from a wholesaler or becoming a wholesaler? Buying from a wholesaler also, I would say that, well, I, I could say vet your wholesaler, but I will say like with Tulsa, I'm super thrilled with that house and I absolutely love it. I, I will say with though buying that house, run the numbers yourself. That was actually uh, from the realtor side. Don't just, you know, oh, your the house will sell for this because we actually tried to flip that house first and then we couldn't flip it because we it was priced too high. So just do your own research. If your realtor says, mm -hmm. let's put it on the market for this, run the numbers yourself. Just do that yourself. Learn how to comp properties yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great piece of advice. I know in my accelerator training program, that's one of the things that I walk through is how to find comps. If you don't have a real estate agent that can, you know, that you've got a relationship with that can do that. But I also think it's really important for people to understand kind of the do's and don'ts. It's not just, okay, well, I found a house in the zip code that <laughs> that has the price point that I think it's going to be, you know, after this property is repaired. But I also think you bring up a really good point is to run the numbers yourself. Don't just rely on what the wholesaler is telling you, you know, from an ARV perspective or from, you know, a budget perspective for rehab. So, okay, cool. All right. Next question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Do it afraid. Better to do it afraid than not do it at all. Oh, I love that. Where did you hear that? I can't remember where I heard it. <laughs> You're like, I have no clue, girl. Okay, don't ask me that. <laughs> it's normal, you know, it's normal to, to do it afraid, you know. Uh, yeah. Even with what, you know, we're new wholesalers and we don't, know it all, but our mentor said, I'm just going to do your first five deals with you. It's okay. It's like, okay. You know, and when we bought our first short term rental, we were scared to death, you know, but you just do it. Mm -hmm. You just, yeah. you'll feel better if you just do it, take the action. I love that. Love that. All right. Last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? I am grateful for, I'm grateful for my friends, my, my two friends that wrote the book Hold an awesome book. Uh, it's, it's a yellow book. You can buy it on Amazon. Super grateful for them. And also, of course, my husband, Anthony, and 
my family and my five-year-old, but professionally, definitely for Janice Doty and Steve Chater for that book they, they wrote that's so easy to read and just, you know, uh, was the start of everything for us. Amazing. Amazing. And Jenny, if folks want to learn more about you or how you might be able to help them, can you just repeat for us one more time? What is the best place for them to find you online? Actually, the best place is to find me in the female short-term rental Facebook group. So Jenny Vega or on Instagram. So it's Jenny, Jenny with an I, J-E-N-N-I underscore Vega, V-E-G-A. But Facebook is is the best, just in the female short-term rental group. I love it. Jenny, thanks so much for having this awesome discussion. I hope that, you know, our listeners are going to be able to expand their horizons and know that there are opportunities to purchase houses beyond what they might find on the MLS. And I, I appreciate you bringing this topic to light. Thanks for having me. Now, before you go, my friend, I want to give a shout out to some of the most amazing women in the world. They are members of the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just recently, actually a week ago, as of the time of this recording, Karen Seward posted, in the past week, I've been asked if we have a pack and play for toddlers. Is this something to consider or should I be more concerned about liability if something happens while the child is in the pack and play? I did, however, do some research and BabyQuip offers rentals to Airbnbs. I suggested this to both customers with no response. Thoughts? And we had 72 women chime in and share their feedback. Deidre Rosie Griswold, I thought, had a great answer. She said, I provide one in the units that lend themselves to being very family-friendly. I do not provide a sheet, however, because pack and plays themselves are rated as safe sleeping space for babies. I also don't provide a sheet because that would be another piece of laundry that was only used sometimes for my cleaning team to think about and potentially miss. What great words of advice, Deidre. Thank you so much for sharing. And Karen, thank you so much for asking if it helps at all. I do use BabyQuip in both of my markets that I operate short-term rentals in, and they've been a tremendous resource to my guests. All right, friends, with that, I hope you have a fabulous week. Again, you've probably heard me talk about it, but if you haven't gotten your tickets for the Short-Term Rental Virtual Summit for Women yet, girlfriend, you have got to go to strvirtualsummit.com and grab them. This is an epic three-day event you are not going to want to miss. If you cannot join us live on January 23rd, 24th, and 25th, guess what? The summit is going to remain open for two full weeks, and you can watch replays after the fact. So grab your ticket at strvirtualsummit.com, and I can't wait to see you there. Have a good one. Hey, sister. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one -on -one is something you won't want to miss. 
You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.